Hello and welcome to my first five years podcast. I'm Alistair Bryce-Clegg. And I'm Jenny Johnson. And we're early years experts and the founders of My First Five Years, an activities and child development app for parents. And this is the podcast that will help you to find the joy in parenting and help ditch some of that anxiety and worry. Absolutely. We want to get rid of some of that guilt and have much more fun. Yes. Last time we talked about maths and how your child's brain develops at their own pace and how they pick up mathematical concepts through playing games. Today we want to talk about creativity and why it's important in children's development. We love this topic because being creative isn't a personality type. All children and all adults can be creative and I do sincerely believe that if they're given the right opportunity. Have you seen my drawing? <laughs> So we'll chat through what we mean by creativity and the fact it's actually so much more than just the drawings I've referred to. Yeah. And don't forget to listen to the end for five helpful hacks on ways that you can easily and cheaply get really creative with your children. Plus, if you download the app, there's loads of information and ideas about how you can go and get creative. First of all, what do we mean in its broadest sense by creativity? And you know, you're dead right. As you said in the introduction, it's not just about drawing. And often we think it is that yeah. creativity is just about art. But actually, there are three main elements to creativity. So one is divergent thinking. And by that, we mean mm. thinking about things in a slightly different way. Right. Another one is the ability to problem solve. So trying to look for solutions that aren't obvious. And the third one is about using your imagination. So that idea of creating something that's bespoke and new and individual to you. So why does that even matter, Alistair? Well, being creative is a really good way of training your brain to be the best that it can possibly be. Mm -hmm. So if we think about the jobs that the, our children will do in maybe 15, 20 years' time, loads of them not yet even been invented. Yeah, not even invented. So yeah. we need children who are able not to have key skills around shorthand typing and that kind of thing, but children who are able to think creatively and flexibly because they are going to be the ones that are best placed to do those jobs whatever they may be. It's not all about work though is it Alistair it's not just about preparing for our future job. No it's not it's about having a creative mindset that you can bring into all aspects of your life your relationships your hobbies anything. We've had loads of questions come through about this and people are going to be really interested to hear some of the tips that we have as well. Creativity was probably one of the biggest penny drop moments for me when I was starting yeah. to understand about things that I could do differently as a parent that would help my child with their development. And I remember we met years ago. She was probably about 18 months, two yeah. years old at the time. And I was proudly showing you what I thought was her creative output from all these amazing activities <laughs> that I've been doing with I her. Remember it well. And actually, you were, well, first of all, we laughed. I mean, we literally laughed till we cried as you were pointing out that there wasn't that much creativity gone into it because what she'd actually done is followed a set of instructions that I'd given her and I'd probably sneakily tidied them up afterwards <laughs> as well. Yes. So talk to me about that and share the difference between getting a child to, you know, stick some googly eyes on a plate and colour it in in a certain way and end up with a giraffe or a whatever it might be or giving them, I don't know, let's say a blank sheet of paper and, and letting them express themselves, what they're getting out of each and what's the right way to do things. Well, if you think about the fact that you are really training your child's brain to think in a particular way. And we talked about that divergent thinking yep. and the imagination and the strategy. Mm -hmm. So everything you do, every interaction you have helps to kind of form that way of thinking for your child. Yep. So whilst, you know, there's no great crime has occurred if you sit <laughs> some, stick some googly eyes on Nobody a Nobody died, as Nobody you say. Died, yeah. What it isn't doing is really supporting children around 
ownership, strategy, creativity, and divergent thinking. Mm -hmm. So if you think about all the threads of learning that can happen within one activity, you want as many different threads as you possibly can. Yeah. But also, if you're an adult and you're saying to children, right, this is what we're going to make, this is what we're going to make it out of, and this is how it's going to look This is what it'll end. look like yeah. in the end, yeah. Children learn very early that the preference is to please the adult. Because mm -hmm. if it doesn't look like that, or if the adult is doing what we've probably all done as parents <laughs> and just kneading it up, and it's like, let me just hold your hand while you're popping that on there. What you're teaching your child, that lovely interaction is what you would authentically do mm -hmm. is not good enough now that's not what you are actually saying yeah we don't mean how, yeah. these things but we're doing it that's without thinking yeah 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 so when we are trying to really encourage those brain skills the more you can say here are some resources let me support you as you experiment with them mm -hmm. and see how the paint moves and how you feel that between your fingers and that idea that children will produce things that are often unrecognizable to adults but are really meaningful to children yeah so partly it's about re-educating ourselves and our wider families especially mm -hmm. the grandmas and granddads you know when <laughs> the christmas cards and that kind of thing come along that what they produce that is authentically them is yeah. way more valuable for their long-term learning yeah. than engaging in that kind of googly eyes paper plate activity yeah, they're literally growing more of the brain by doing one than the other absolutely so Yasmin has asked this interesting question, which is how can she encourage creative play with her toddler? Well, it's about giving toddlers particularly lots of opportunities to experiment, but also lots of support as an adult. Mm -hmm. Because we talked a lot in our podcasts about things like open-ended resources, so those ones that have got multiple uses like toilet roll tubes and your know, cereal packets. But for a child who's not had a lot of experience of the world, mm -hmm. you give them a toilet roll tube and a cereal packet and they'll just chew the toilet roll tube. <laughs> true, true. For a child that's had lots of experience of the world, they might build a boat or they might build a house or a million different things. Yeah. So while we really want to encourage creativity, the answer isn't just to give children in the early stages everything and, and just nothing at the same time. And just expect them to figure time. it out themselves. Yeah, so it's partly as a parent... Um, showing process mm -hmm. and talking to children about we could add this on here or I'm going to put mine on there or I'm going to do this. But the more open-ended the resources are and the more options there are for children, then the more ability you give them to interpret those resources. So what you're saying is that if they can see you doing things, they're yeah. taking that in like a sponge. But you're not saying, follow me, do this. Yeah. It's just, here. here's my idea, what's your idea? Yeah, and often it's about process. So not necessarily saying, I'm going to make a horse. Mm -hmm. But you might say, well, I'm going to stick this on here and I'm going to cut this and I'm going Got to paint you, sorry. this. sorry, misunderstood. So yeah. it's that kind of process of showing them what they can do the with sorts those resources. Of, yeah, yeah, the sorts of things they can do as opposed to the output. Yeah. So just carry on a little bit more because I've misunderstood, which shows how easy it is to misunderstand the difference between output and process. So output is the thing you get at the end mm -hmm. and the process is how you create that thing. And we're talking very much at the moment about kind of art and craft, but also in play, we're talking about creative play around imagination development, creative play around interactions. So it's not just about the fact we're going to make something to take away. So actually there's not always output. Not always. Well... There will be an outcome. Say you're having a creative play experience where you're having some kind of interaction between your toys. Mm -hmm. There will be an outcome that is the story that's created the or the event that happens. Or, yeah. Yeah. Yep. But the process of creativity comes from how children can invent a world that they understand. And for lots of our children, well, for all of them, the world that's most familiar is the real world. Mm -hmm. So you see children play a lot 
me, the world that I live in. Me, myself and I. Exactly. And the more complex element is the imagined world because Mm -hmm. that comes from the imagination that's stored in your head. So the more we read to children, the more experiences we give them, the more stories that we tell them. I guess the more we just go out in the big wide world. Well, yeah, because imagination, you are born with the potential to grow an imagination, but it needs to grow and it needs to to be be fed. fed. Yeah. So the more we can feed it, the better. Mm -hmm. So as an adult who's involved in creative play, rather than creative production yep. your role is to get an idea of where your child is at which is probably very much a self-centered appreciation of the world that revolves around me mm-hmm. and then you as an adult bring in through your co-play with them or the resources you present them with or stories that you tell them you begin to expand that horizon so it's not just about me and my family in my house we've got things like forests and jungles and trips to outer space and other worlds and other countries and other people and suddenly we're beginning to build a creative world that they can inhabit independently. Which is one of the reasons why reading, which is a whole other topic but is just so important. This question is coming from Ali. Her little boy is only interested in superhero and action figures and playing outside sort of rough and tumble and she can't get him interested in any sort of creative play at all. And again, we just need to maybe redefine what we mean by creative play. True, so, actually, because actually I'd say that action figure play is really yeah. creative. Yeah, but not that traditional. It's yeah. back to that everybody thinking creative means artwork. Yeah, so if you're about creativity being that thinking in a different way from typical, from that idea of using your imagination, but also being a problem solver. Yeah. So in the, that aspect of the play you're describing, regardless mm-hmm. of the gender of the child, there are loads of elements that will cover creativity yeah. within what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But also as an adult, we can build on that and support that by co-playing alongside and introducing different strategies Mm -hmm. into the play so it could be that if they're really mad on being on their scooter that you might in your play with them introduce something like i don't know a scooter wash or a (laughs) toll bridge where they have to pay with an acorn or a fur cone or a leaf every time they go through (laughs) so sometimes as an adult you can quite heavily influence the play by making it a game Mm -hmm. and just taking the play a little bit further but then hopefully what happens is you're teaching all the time by those interactions and therefore it becomes part of their internal narrative. I think in our earlier speak we used to say that you'd ground the play in their interests so if they're interested in superhero play then how might you use that as an incentive to go and widen that experience somehow with that as the anchor is that what you mean? Absolutely and I remember um one of the families that I was doing some work with had got members of their family and uh, got photographs of them and cut their heads out, not in a sinister <laughs> way, and uh, stuck them onto the bodies of superheroes that they'd printed off Brilliant. and then stuck a lolly stick on the bottom. Yeah. So turned their wider family into superheroes. Yeah. And that, for that particular child, suddenly opened up this whole new world of imaginative play yeah. around familiar people that were then becoming superheroes, so like Super Granny and you know, Spider Grandad and that kind of thing. So that simple interaction from a parent which looked at the interest of the child but just tweaked it a little bit suddenly opened up infinite possibilities so we can get creative as parents to help grow creative children so with my other hat on when i used to run um, a children's nursery group i remember one of the teachers was really clever once at getting some lads involved in in 
painting. And it was something that she could never engage them in at all. And she took one of the tables, she put a big blanket over the table, she put some paper on the underside of the table and put some torches in there. So it was really dark. And she told them the story of the Sistine Chapel and how the person lay on the Not back. Not an obvious story. No. <laughs> <laughs> I get where you're going yeah, with Yeah, but it's, it's honestly true. And I was just so impressed that she thought completely outside of the box of like, how can I get these kids interested? And to lie under a table in the dark on your back with a paintbrush in your hand and painting what was the equivalent of the Sistine Chapel, which was actually just the underside of the table, got them really inspired. And they were there for absolutely ages, creating all sorts of... Also amazing for their physical development. And their future links to write, and so you're winner, winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Can't believe you actually said chicken dinner. I've got another good one, which is dead simple. Bit of lining paper or a big bit of plain paper, Mm -hmm. folded in half, with a little half moon cut out of the folded end so it goes over your child's head. So they've now got like a, it's like a paper tabard. (laughs) Right. So they're a human easel. (laughs) And you do it and they do it and you have your paints and they stand and you paint on each other. And again, dead simple idea. Sounds a bit bizarre. Done it a million times with various children and they love it. So sometimes the simplest ideas are the ones that unlock the best creativity. Absolutely. I love that. I've never actually seen that being done, but I could imagine children really enjoying that. I love this next question from a listener called Josh because it really covers the wider impact of creativity. So the question simply is, how does creativity help my child manage their emotions and encourage things like resilience? So we talked a lot in my first five years about when children are in high levels of emotional state, be that anger, upset or excitement, whatever it may be, that you lose a lot of your higher level executive functioning, which allows you to do that more complex thinking. So the more creative you are as a thinker, Mm -hmm. so the more creative experience you've had as a child, then the more chance you've got of accessing strategies to help you manage your emotion. Mm -hmm. So it stops from being just a very black and white, you know, I'm either in a high emotional state or I'm not, and you start to blur the boundaries a bit. So the more creative we can be with our children, the more strategies we give them to help them to manage those more complex things, and that can only benefit them and us, to be fair. Mm Mm-hmm. If there was one key takeaway for today about what it means to be creative, what would you hope that people listening have heard? The creativity is more than just paper plates and googly eyes. The creativity (laughs) is actually a way of thinking and we as parents can really massively influence how creative our children become. We always finish with five hacks, but I want to challenge you a little bit further this time and actually come up with five easy hacks, not just that help children play creatively, but help parents do that on a budget. No problem. So number one, creativity is a way of thinking and thinking is absolutely free. So loads of things we can do to encourage children to think creatively, play alongside them. Uh, read them stories or even tell them stories because then you don't even have to buy the book number two less is more the less we do for them the more they'll learn so let's appreciate their creative process and value their output number three no need to go out and buy lots of expensive crafty kits recycled materials bits of paint bits of paper bits of string and a good old time to have a play is just as good Number four, getting outside is totally free and nature has some fantastic creative materials, sticks and twigs and leaves. Let's get outside. And number five, don't hide your creativity. Show your children you being creative because by seeing it, then they will replicate it and do it. 
So thanks for listening today and for sending in your questions and get in touch if there's something else you want to talk about on this podcast. And if you want to read lots more about creativity, there is loads of information on our app, which you can find on the App Store. You can also post questions on our Facebook community or our Instagram, and we love it when you do because it gets the debate going. Don't forget to follow this podcast in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get yours. It means you can easily find out when a new episode is released. And please do think about sharing this episode with friends and spreading the word about what we're doing. And next time on My First Five Years, we're going to be talking about gendered play. Now, there's been lots of chat in the news and on social media around gender and gender stereotypes. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk through ways you can encourage your child to play without reinforcing some of those more outdated and possibly damaging gender stereotypes. Don't forget to rate, review and follow My First Five Years as that really helps. Thank you.